NAD Ministerial presents Multiply, Baptize, Equip, Plant with Jose Cortez Jr. I want for us to turn there to the Old Testament. I'm going to read Welcome to the And this morning we're having a baby dedication. You know, every now and then. We baptize you now in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Spirit of Spirit. We're about to go eat. I want to thank you for the food. Is there a second to the motion? To present to you the happiest newlyweds in all the land. Muy buenos días, amigos, hermanos y familias. God, give us strength and power to live like you told us to live. I'm Patricia, and welcome. What happens when your church members are allowed to dream and serve? Find out today as our host, Jose Cortez Jr., talks to Paulo Massina. Right, so many people in the church today, they don't get involved because we only offered them what we think we are supposed to be offering. So I think we should ask them, how can they serve? What are the dreams that they have? Because the same way God put dreams in my heart, He also put dreams in their hearts. We've got lots of great actionable insights on the way. More in a moment. We want you to know that we are here as a growth resource. Go to nadministerial.com and click on podcast for everything you need to multiply your ministry. Our guest is Paulo Messina. Here's Jose. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. And that's found in 1 Peter 4.10. Uh, use your gift to serve others. Uh, welcome to the Multiply Podcast. This is Jose Cortez. And today I have the, the privilege of uh, being right here in the studio of Ivan Next. Uh, that's a, a special podcast. If you haven't heard it yet, you need to check it out with my friend and Pastor Kendra. All right. But I also have the honor to be here with uh, none other than uh, Pastor Paulo Massena. Paulo Massena is a friend, longtime friend. Uh, we both serve in youth ministries together, right? Yes. Uh, I think people still miss you a lot, you know, in, in New Jersey. <laughs> uh, but Paulo, it is so good that you're now the lead pastor of the Ellicott City Church. Uh, Adventist Church in Maryland. That's right, yes. How are you doing today, man? I'm good, man. Thank you very much for the opportunity to be here, being part of this podcast. You don't know how honored I am that, that you're here and, and so so grateful. Uh, we both live in Maryland, yeah. uh, and we don't get to see each other in Maryland. That's so right. in order to see each other, we had to come to Berwyn Springs. That's right. To the great city of Berwyn Springs, yes. Michigan. Uh, I think it's a little colder here than it is a back little home, bit. right? Yes. Paulo, I invited you here because throughout your ministry, uh, you have uh, exhibited uh, a, a, a specialty in leading people to serve, mm-hmm. uh, leading people to be compassionate. Uh, you did it with young people. Now you're doing it with an entire church. Uh, so uh, I want to ask you a few things about this. Uh, number one, I want to start with this uh, question. Why is service so important uh, in the Christian life? Well, that is, that is a couple of things. Of course, we, it's, first of all, is what Jesus did. You know, he didn't only talk about service, but he served. Uh, and for us as a Christians, if we are saying we are followers of Jesus Christ, we are Jesus' uh, disciples, so therefore is part of who we are. It's not something that we do, but it's something that we are. We are supposed to serve. And also interesting to note, if you go today and, and, and talk with uh, or read some books about, about happiness, the psychologists today are saying that one of the key elements to be happy 
is to serve others. Okay, so I serve because I'm a follower of Christ, and Christ gave us the example. He served. It's the right thing to do. It's the right, right thing to do. Uh, so so that's, that's one part of it. But also, yes. if I want to be happy, probably service is a big part of it. That's right. So uh, it's, it's not to, everybody wants to be happy, right? So everybody wants to be happy and feel good about, about themselves. So not only you serve because Jesus told us to do, his, and we should because he told us to do, we should do it, but also we, all, we are all seeking for happiness, for fulfillment in life. And if we do serve others, it's a big part of being happy or it's being a big, fulfilled. Part of being fulfilled. Yes, and being purpose in life as well. All right. So um, there you go. Um, at times, you know, uh, you may be feeling a little down. You may be having a little bit of a, uh, a trouble. And at times, uh, at times, you know, it's, it's, all it takes is perhaps taking a little, taking a moment to help somebody else. That's right. Right. And yes. to to help someone who is going through the same situation that you might be going through to, okay, that, mm-hmm. that, that sounds good. Does it do anything spiritually uh, when you serve? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because the spiritual life is not also something um, a part of who we are. So uh, being a spiritual person uh, as Christians, we are supposed to serve. So when I serve, I am doing what God told me to do, but also I'm feeling that I'm a part of his team. Okay. You know, I cannot only be sitting and doing nothing and say, oh, I'm part of God's team. No, I'm not. So if I am... So just by sitting at church mm-hmm. and listening to a good sermon every Sabbath and I'm praying and, and reading my Bible and singing once in a while, that... That's that's not a complete Christian life without service. You know, I I, I am a soccer fan, right? I'm oh, you like soccer? Are you Brazilian? I, I, I like I like soccer. So your favorite player, um, uh, who would that be? Uh, Messi. Messi, yeah, it's a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not he's not Brazilian. He's not Brazilian, but so he's a good player. He's a good player. He's a good player. Oh, you've been so political yes, right I, now. Yeah, yeah, I know. he's you're, a good player. You're showing some love for the Argentinians. <laughs> yes. So, but who's really your favorite player? Uh, Ronaldo. Oh, Ronaldo. Okay, yes, right. Yeah. He's a is he still alive? He still plays? Uh, yes, he's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> is he retired now? He's retired. Okay, all right. So, yeah, he's yeah. Your, so you don't have a favorite player right now? Oh, no, the Ronaldo, the, the Ronaldo guy, that you know, the Portugal guy. Oh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, oh, oh he's my favorite player too. Yes, oh, Cristiano my goodness. Ronaldo, right. yes. And I always say, whenever I, I'm, I'm in front of Argentinians, I always like to say, hey, Cristiano Ronaldo is the best player. And they all boo, you know, I don't Yo, know why. I don't know why. He's a they good think player. think about Messi, but hey, you know, <laughs> mercy, you know. But I, so as a soccer fan, you know, sometimes we, we sit in front of TV and then if our team wins, we say, we won. Uh, no, we didn't. They win. Mm-hmm. They were playing. So we are just a spectator. So we cannot say that... <laughs> we won, no. No, no, we they won. They won. <laughs> so we cannot say that we are victorious in Christian life if you are just being a spectator. You uh-huh. have to be in the field and play. So Christianity is not an spectator uh, No, he's not. Right? No, nope, he's a player. You need to be a player. You need to be a participant. That's right, okay. yes. Oh, all right. Very good, very good. So uh, it makes... Uh, it is the right thing. It's what Jesus did. Uh, it can help uh, in, in our happiness and in our fulfillment of, in our lives. And perhaps it is a part of a Christian of being healthy. Uh, this is the way I like to look at it sometimes. Uh, like when you uh, go to church and you hear the sermon and uh, it's like you're taking in food. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you read the Bible, you're taking yeah. in food. You pray, you're kind of taking in food. 
right? Yeah. Does, does, does that work? Does yes. that analogy work? And then you don't, you don't serve, you're not exercising. If, if you only so take... you're going to get spiritually overweight. Or spiritually uh, overweight. Um, we might be headed for what? For a... A diabetes. A, a diabetes or... Heart stroke. Spiritual, <laughs> spiritual uh, heart attack. Or heart attack, yeah. yes, yes. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's no... If the, the reason we feed ourselves is because we are going to spend that energy... Right? So the reason we feed ourselves uh, spiritually with the word of God in psalms and music or whatever is also to share with others what we have received. Okay. So it is vital to the Christian life to serve. Definitely. So now we have uh, thousands of pastors that are listening to our podcast. And, and I still, in, in some places, as I travel across North America, I see a sense of it's better to keep the, the service in the church with a group. Uh, a few, because we want to make sure that well, we know what we're doing. We need to make sure they're all experienced. So uh, as a pastor, what advice would you give to another pastor who is trying to control the amount of people that they have serving rather than to expand the amount of people in service? As, as I always like to think about myself as an individual, if I am sitting in the pews and the pastor or whoever is Teaching an idea, is talking about something. If that thing does not interest me, I'm not going to do it. Doesn't matter what it is, right? So many people in the church today, they don't get involved because we only offer them what we think we are supposed to be offering. So I think we should ask them, how can they serve? What are the dreams that they have? Because the same way God put dreams in my heart, he also put dreams in their hearts. Okay. So, you so you're know, saying that everybody has a vision, everybody may have a vision, everybody may have a dream that God is putting in their hearts, and the collective visions and dreams from people may help the church? Yes, because one thing is, is, is collectively, we form a vision for the local church. That, that's one collectively, thing. Collectively, okay. Collectively. That's one thing. But also, there are this, this thing that inside of each person, there are things that I want to do that I want to serve God in certain ways. And I need to find that way for me to serve, that place for me to serve. How does it benefit a pastor, though, to have more people involved in ministry? Because I've been to churches, and I have have to say it, where the pastor and a few elders do everything. And, and, and other people are spectators, pretty much. You know? So how does it benefit the pastor and that, that everyone gets involved or that more people get involved? What's, what's the benefit? Well, first of all, is understanding our role as a pastor. Okay. Our role as a pastor is to get everybody involved. It's not to do everything. It's not to do everything. Uh, okay. So that's our role. It's, it's, it's not us doing stuff, but getting, getting others doing the work. So if I'm not doing everything, but I have a lot of people working with me and doing and, and serving, and then I'm, I'm doing a better job as a pastor than when I do everything and when I'm the only one who's busy? Oh, definitely, because you can do so much. I mean, you have only, you know, a few hours a day, <laughs> but then you have 200 people in front of you. So now you use, if everyone gives one hour a day, we talk about 200 hours of service a day, and you as a pastor, how many hours can you give a day? Eight hours, 10, 12 Okay, so it, it blesses you as a pastor when you have people who are uh, involved. What does it do for the church? Oh, the, the, I think the best thing for the church is sometimes we are so involved in things that are not important because people will say something. They will 
complain about something. They will criticize something. However, if they are involved in something that they love... They are usually not criticizing, right? Yes. They, why they would? Well, usually, I, I see that, you know, people who usually have time for criticism are the people who are not busy doing something. Yes, that's right. Uh, I also heard a, a saying that fishermen who don't fish, they fight. That's true. Okay, so <laughs> is, it, is it true? Is, has that been your experience that when people are not involved in ministry, engaged, they, are, they have time to do other things that are not as constructive? That's, that's definitely. Uh, when people don't are involved with something, they are, they are in the church every Sabbath. They want to talk about something, or they are going to talk about what they are doing, or they are going to criticize what somebody else is doing. <laughs> okay, okay. So it is important. It is a benefit for the pastor. It is a benefit for the, for the body of Christ, for the church. It is a benefit for the, for the individual, okay? Um, so service is a good thing all around. All around. All around, okay. So give me uh, some examples of some of the things that people can do. Uh, let, let's say I am a church member. And I want to serve. I heard this podcast and I want to serve. Uh, what do I do? Challenge the members to give some uh, life for that thing that they have in mind that keep talking to them. It is impossible that I go in front of the mirror as a pastor and I say, God is only talking to me. Yeah. He's only putting dreams in my life. That would be so selfish. So when I have those things in my heart that burn in my heart to do something, I stop and say, these people, they must have something as well. Yeah. So then I challenge them to say, what do you have in your heart? What is burning for God? What do you want to serve? Whatever it is, I can help you. Okay. I can mentor you. I can give you resources. So, I can help you to make so, it all right. happen. So the past, I just heard that from the pastor. I'm a church member and I, I want to serve. So uh, what do I do? So I keep telling this from the pulpit, okay. right? So the other day, someone came to me and said, Pastor, I want to start a prison ministry. Okay, so people can come to the pastor, yeah. go to one of the church leaders, right? It was not in my radar okay. to start prison ministry. You know, it's, it was not at all in my radar. I wasn't dreaming about it, never thought about it. But this person has been dreaming about it. And, and she was mentioned to me what she would like to do in that ministry. And I said, by all means, go ahead and start. You know, so we set apart some budget for her and she's running it. Okay, so if you're a church member and you're interested in serving, go to your pastor, okay? Uh, go to one of your church leaders, to your pastor and say, I would like to serve. More with Jose and Paulo in a moment. We'd love to get to know more about you and your ministry. NAD Ministerial is dedicated to your growth and success. Go to our website, nadministerial.com, go to podcast and sign up so we can keep you connected to the best tools, information and events to help you multiply your effectiveness in evangelism. Oh, and make sure you like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast. And all of Jose's social media contacts are on the website as well. NADministerial.com. Now, back to the interview. I noticed that uh, you've said, and I heard it several times, you do not need uh, permission uh, or approval from the church board to serve. What do you mean by that? If we are talking about a church department ministry, 
yes, you're going to go to the church board. I want to, this person, okay, we, we told her you're going to be the prison minister leader. Yeah, I have to take to the church board because now we have a church ministry leader. But there are tons of things that we can do without asking church board's permission. I can feel the homeless. I can go to the hospital. I can go to a nursing home. I can go to orphanage. I mean, you name it, there are tons of things that I can do that do not need pastors or church permission. So you're suggesting pretty much that uh, even if the church hasn't given you an official uh, role or an official title, uh, find something to do for your well-being and for your uh, spiritual well-being. Definitely, because because the, the goal of the church is to involve everybody in ministry, but it is not also the responsibility of the church that is going to, you know, suffice the work for everybody. So there are limitations. Therefore, if I am responsible for my own personal life and I'm a follower of Jesus Christ and I have to do what he did, by all means, I have to find in my community ways to serve. Go to a shelter, go to a, a, a place that is serving food for the homeless, you know, clean the park, get your family, your friends, clean a park, do something. What I want as a pastor is the, the members keep coming mm. and telling me what they are doing. Okay. They don't need permission from me or the church to clean a park. Go clean the park. Tell me your story. Okay. What do you do as a, as, a, as a pastor to not only encourage but to celebrate? When they come and they tell you what they're doing, what do you do? So if some of them I, I bring to the front of the church and they tell, help, tell me what you're doing. You know, and then in front they of everybody? Share, in front of everybody. Tell me what you're doing. Tell, share with us, you know. Uh, and and it, people want also to be noticed what they are doing. You know, they don't want to only, they want to tell what they are doing because it excited mm -hmm. them. You know, when we're excited about something, you want to tell, right? So we give them the opportunity to share. Give me well. some ideas of some of the things that your church members are doing. Uh, some of those uh, church members that have come up and, and, and you've given, uh, you celebrated with them in front of the church. What are some of those ideas? Because we have people who are listening that are trying to find their niche. What can they do? The other day, uh, uh, I was not aware of that. Uh, a, a member of the church came to me and, and she said, you know, I, I, I'm feeding the homeless. I go to the city and uh, I, I buy food. And Out in Baltimore? Food in Baltimore. Okay. And she goes in Baltimore and she feeds the homeless. You know, so when I heard the story, I brought her to the church and gave her some minutes that she could share what she's doing. You know, so is is this part of the church that we celebrate what people are doing as well? All right. You mentioned the compassion ripple effect, uh, and I've heard that you mentioned that uh, several times. What is the compassion ripple effect? Can you share with us a little bit and let us know? Because there are people out there who are doing compassion all across North America, and perhaps they don't know that that it creates some type of ripple. What is what is a compassion ripple effect? Sometimes we do see the ripple effect right in front of us. You know, you you might help a family um, out of need, um, going to a hard time, and uh, need some. A few months ago, Christmas time, a father called me. He said, "Pastor, we we don't have any food. We don't have um, toys for the kids. It's Christmas time." So we prepared something and we gave it to this family, right? So now, a few months later, uh, the person, uh, weeks later, the person is back on his feet, is working again. I'm pretty sure that that person, when comes the opportunity, will serve someone as well. When I look to my own life, I can see a lot of people who helped me and now I'm helping others. You can see the ripple effect every day in your own life 
And also, if this happens in your life, it's going to help in everybody's life as well. Uh, Jesus has been good to you. Some other people have been good to you. Now you go and you uh, give it to somebody else and you keep passing the, the compassion uh, to others. That's right. Uh, so what begins here, may, you don't know where it's going to end up because uh, it just uh, multiplies. Yes. Is that One thing is, is, is nice about it, uh, that I like about it, is that sometimes you are going to see right in front of you because you want to see the results of what you're doing. And sometimes you see the results. Sometimes because the ripple effect can be, you know, uh, several layers of it. You're not going to see it, but uh, we are having the opportunity to see the ripple effect that someone has made in your life. And now you also are helping others. You also can see that you're helping others as well. Let me ask you a question. Do you need to uh, be a church member to to be involved in ministry? If I'm going to church and I'm a, um, a guest, do can I still serve? The best, Should I serve? The best way to involve people uh, with the church is involving them as non-Adventist. Before they become baptized? Especially before they become For baptized. Real? For real? But I always thought, you know, I heard people saying, you got to wait till you, I, you know, till you get everything down packed, then you get baptized, then you get a little bit of experience, and then... Uh, so that's not the case, right? How it's working for us. <laughs> <laughs> so people. Yeah, how's that working for you? Yeah. Yeah. So people outside, they, they want to serve as well. They have in their hearts the need to serve. And that's the beautiful thing about the local church. We can provide ways for the community to serve with us. You know, one thing is for me to invite you to come to, to a place and let's study the Bible together. Another thing is to say, let's go feed the homeless. If I ask 10 person to study the Bible with me, maybe one or two say yes. If I ask 10 person to go with me sometime if you're homeless, I'm pretty sure most of them will say yes. And perhaps, you know, some of the friends who are uh, of these people will come along. Definitely. Because perhaps there are people that don't want to set a foot in your church. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are not interested in hearing you preach, but yep. they want to change the world in definitely. different ways. So that is a way, right? Yes, definitely. Uh, so compassion could also be a bridge. Yes, exactly. Okay, so now let me ask you one more thing. I know that you're doing something really special in the city of Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to us a little bit more about that. Even though your church is in Ellicott City, and you have decided, uh, you have the city of Baltimore, which is close to you guys, and you have decided you want to do something with your church in Baltimore. Yes, uh, Chesapeake Conference, they they have a project, as many other churches, many conferences, to plant churches. Mm-hmm. And I heard that that is a big population area in Baltimore that there is no Adventist church at all. So they say about 100 to 150,000 people in a location there. Without with, a church without at all. Without a church at all. So when I heard that, and, you know, I have the church in Ellicott City, and I said, uh, we have to do something about Baltimore. Because Ellicott City is is in a very affluent area. Yeah. But at the same time, we are literally about 10 miles to one of the poorest places in America. And those are the things of America. You have a very rich area, very wealthy area, and then right next to it, you have a very poor area. Very poor area, right That's next to it. Wow. So we, we are saying, okay, the ripple effect, if God is blessing us here... It's time to bless others. It's time to bless others. So we, we are going to start a center of influence, and, uh, you know, I talked to you yeah. a few months yeah. ago about that. I mean, I, actually being a year yeah. now, and uh, we start working on that, and, and it's being approved by all... 
areas in the organization. So what is the center of influence, quickly? Quickly, uh, so the center of influence, we are going to do wellness classes okay. and also leadership and personal development classes for the community. So you're not beginning preaching, you're beginning serving. We're beginning service. Okay, yeah. and that is allowing you to include and uh, engage um, many of your church members. Not only church members, uh, uh -huh. some of the classes that we're going to give, like for, for uh, counseling, health, we are going to invite the community to give those classes. Doctors, nurses. So you're uh, partnering with the community? We are partner with the community, yes. Uh, Paulo, uh, these are some awesome things that you're doing, and I hope that, that God will continue to, to bless your ministry and to bless the ministry of the Ellicott City. And that the pastors and church members and church leaders who are listening to us will realize that service is not an option in the life of a Christian. Service is key. It is vital. It is what Jesus did. It can help you to feel fulfilled and happy. Uh, it helps in your spiritual experience as well. And, uh, and people out there need it. Yes, every one of us need to be involved in Compassion Ministry. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time with us. This is Paulo Macena and from the Ellicott City Church and Jose Cortez with the Multiply Podcast. God bless. See you soon, everybody. Thanks, Paulo and Jose. Make sure you sign up for our email list. And don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like to connect with Jose, home base for all things Multiply is nadministerial.com and click on podcast. I'm Patricia. Until next time, keep going, but most of all, keep growing. Multiply. Multiply, a best practices podcast, is a production of NAD Ministerial. Executive producer, Ivan Williams. Designed by Halloran Hill for Anything is Possible. Produced by Kendra Arsenal with Christina Massino. Edited by Taizi Snyder. 